Welcome to The Good Budget Way, where we share real-life stories of everyday people from all walks of life who spend, save, and give to what's truly important in life. In Season 2, we're doing a deep dive into one person's journey, with debt. I'm your host, Chien. Thank you all for sharing about your own experiences with debt and what you think. It's been super exciting to hear from all of you and also see those of you who've subscribed to the podcast and left your reviews. Thank you. You are listening to the second episode of Seven in season two of The Good Budget Way. Last time we talked about what we'll be doing this season, how we're gonna take a deep dive into one person's story of getting into debt and paying it off, including all the bumps along the way. And we laid out what you can expect in each episode because debt or credit or loans or bills Debt is a big part of the budget for a lot of us. And for almost all of us, we live in a money culture where debt is everywhere. Credit card offers, mortgages, national debts. So if you didn't get a chance to hear the first episode, go give it a listen. I'm super excited to introduce to you today our guest for this season, Carissa. She's part of the Good Budget team, and you'll probably recognize her from her episode in season one, where she shared her story of looking for her first apartment. We're super glad that she's back to share the story of her relationship with debt. In today's episode, Carissa will share how she got into debt, what kept her in debt, and what got her further into debt. We'll get into both her external circumstances and her internal mindsets in our conversation. And at the end, she'll share with us what she wished she would have known before she started taking on all those loans. Hey, Carissa, welcome back to our show. Hey, thanks for having me. We are so glad to have you back for season two. And thank you again for making yourself available and vulnerable to share your story across this season. Of course. So start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your financial situation these days. Because the last time that we talked, you were sharing about apartment hunting. Um, But this time you're here to talk about being debt-free. Yay! Yay! Congratulations! (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Yeah, so I became debt-free, I think, like, six months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so now I'm just a, like, regular 26-year-old living in, like, a metropolitan area (laughs) (laughs) and being debt-free, which is great. Yeah. So, and that's not that regular, right? To become debt-free at age 26? Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. So tell us about how much debt you had before you paid it off. Yeah. So I think at the height of like the largest amount I ever owed at once was 40000 Wow. Yeah. It was a lot. That's a lot. It was. And the bulk of it was was mostly student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also a car loan, some store cards. And then last year, um, I paid the bulk of my debt off. So I paid $30,000 alone just last year. Oh, wow. Which is pretty exciting. Are you like making bank at your job? Are you earning like a million dollars a year? <laughs> no, definitely not. I, 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 don't, I don't know how I did it. No, I know how I did it. But yeah, I'm not making bank. <laughs> okay. So we, we'll get into that later, like how you were able to pay off such a large amount of money in one year, um, the $30,000 in one year, as well as the 10000 before that. Mm-hmm. So... Give us a rundown of how much you owed on each of those things, because you said you had a school loans, you had a car loan, you had some store cards. Yeah, so the student loans were the most, and I think I owed something like twenty five thousand. 
Um, I'm not exact. I'm not exactly sure of any of the numbers, but something like twenty five thousand. Uh, the car loan started off something like fourteen thousand, and then there was a Gap store card, and that was about a thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that adds up to just forty two. I think oh, forty two. Okay. <laughs> See, that's a like I don't even know exactly how much, and that's a bad sign. I think. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't even know. Wait, did I do the math right? No, that was 40. Okay, okay. 25, 14, and 1. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we know that you've paid off your debt, which is kind of like the end of the story, right? Congratulations on that. But we want to go all the way back. So let's talk a little bit more about how you got into debt in the first place. Take us back to when you got your very first loan or credit card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would have been many years ago when I was 18 and um, I was going to college. Mm -hmm. So I needed to figure out a way to pay for school. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of my parents uh, never went to school and they weren't going to be able to contribute to um, my tuition costs. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything, basically I had to figure out how to pay for it all by myself. And Mm -hmm. so to do that, I, I realized that loans at the time, seemed to be the only option. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to attend school, you were going to have to figure out how you're going to pay for it, whether it's from working or loans or something else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how much did you know or understand about what these loans were when you were 18? I would say probably very little to nothing. I think I understood that I would take out a loan and then I would pay it back at some point, but mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Like, and I'm sure there was probably some kind of loan counselor that was there that was, you know, basically telling me exactly the terms I would be mm-hmm. signing and things like that. But mm-hmm. I don't remember that conversation <laughs> um, at all. So uh-huh. I think if they told me it was in one ear and out the other. So all I knew was that I was going to get money and that was great. And then at some point in the very distant future, I would be paying it back. I see. So you, I mean, like you kind of got the idea, right? It's not like you didn't know you'd have to pay the money back. Right. But it wasn't that real to you. Right. what that distant future would be like or how long it would take to pay the money back or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. No, that makes sense. Because you paid for schooling on your own, one of the ways you did that was to take on school loans. What was it like when you received your first loan disbursement? Yeah, it was, honestly, it was like a miracle. I think <laughs> at the time I really did need the cash. Uh-huh. Um, but what was weird is I didn't realize I was going to be getting the dispersal at that moment. So it kind of just showed up in my bank account and I didn't mm. know what it was. So it was just like a several thousand dollar chunk of money just appeared in my account. And I was like, wait, what is this? I like, really feel like magic. It seriously felt like magic. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was awesome. It was like, OK, well, now I, ha- I have all these like bills that I need to pay and I'm going to be able to, to do that. Uh-huh. And what, what kind of things did you have to pay for? Um, well, at the time... I think that my dorm room expenses were pretty much covered mm-hmm. under like my financial aid package. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to pay for that necessarily. Mm-hmm. But if I wanted to do anything else, like eat out, mm-hmm. um, you know, go to the movies, mm-hmm. even buy textbooks and things like that, mm-hmm. I, I would have to cover those expenses myself. So those would be the things I would need to pay for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you said that you got a some few thousand dollars in that first disbursement. Did that feel like a little bit of money, a lot of money? It felt like a lot of money. Yeah. That was definitely the most amount of money I'd ever seen probably in my life at like one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then how often were you getting those disbursements? I would be getting those disbursements at the beginning of every semester. So I think for some reason it might have skipped my first semester. I'm not, I can't quite remember. Mm -hmm. Um, But then every semester after that, I I got a, a disbursement. I see. So then you were getting this lump sum of an amount of money that was like really big to you. And you were saying it kind of felt like a miracle felt like magic yeah. that it would just like show up right um so what were things that you had to do with the money that you received after you've moved out of the dorms yeah so the biggest change was that i would be paying for rent mm. um and that i mean in any kind of like metropolitan area rent is expensive so that mm-hmm. was the biggest for me but then on top of that um transportation mm. and then a, like groceries and things like that mm-hmm. so you were basically responsible for all of your expenses Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm responsible. I'm like an adult now. Definitely. Even though I probably, I mean, I was still, you know, like 19. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, I might have felt like an adult, but I think I definitely didn't really fully act like one all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? I don't know. I mean, uh, no, I think I was pretty responsible, but I mean... I still even now feel like a kid, so I can't even Mm -hmm. imagine thinking back to when I was 19, like Mm -hmm. how much more of a kid I probably felt and the fact that I had so much control of my own expenses and like taking care of myself, even things like going grocery shopping on my own Mm -hmm. and like doing my own laundry and like Mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. I don't know. I just, I felt like I was so unqualified. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you did have a lot of financial responsibilities, especially Mm -hmm. on the expense side. You had all the responsibility for your expenses, rent, groceries, eating out, and textbooks and stuff too, right? But then you didn't have any responsibility really for the income side. Right. Um, So I could imagine there's kind of like a a funky disconnect there um, where you're responsible for money going out, but you're not at all responsible or not connected to how is the money coming in and why is it coming in in these magical miracle lump sums. Totally. Right? Yeah. No, I think there was like a disconnect. I had full like responsibility for all my expenses, but then like absolutely no idea of how, I I mean, I guess I didn't even really have a concept of like the amount of money I was getting because I Mm. didn't work for it. Mm -hmm. It was kind of just there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it it did create a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah, I could see that. Um, So did you take on any other debt while you were in school? I did, yes. So throughout... I, I can't re- even remember what came first. I think probably my gap card. I think I got that my sophomore year of college. Um, and I think it was probably something like, well, first of all, I'll say I love the gap. <laughs> if you know me, it's not infrequent that you'll see me wearing like a full-on gap outfit, like gap shirt and gap pants and maybe not gap shoes, but. Um, She's wearing some gap stuff right now, actually. I am, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think they probably, you know how most department stores will do like the, oh yeah, if you mm-hmm. apply for a card, you'll get like 15% off. Mm-hmm. That's how they always That's do it. That's how they get you. Yeah. So I, I did that and then I got a, a, a Gap store card and it probably had a credit limit of like a thousand or maybe a little bit more. Uh-huh. Um, so that was the beginning of that whole the journey with Gap. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my senior year of college, I bought a brand new car. <laughs> so that was like another big loan that I took on. Oh, and were, so you didn't pay for it with cash. And were you working at that time? Um, no to both. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, so how did they approve you for a loan for a car and you didn't have any income? 
Yeah, that's a question I ask myself all the time. <laughs> they, I had good credit, and I think that's maybe why they felt like they could trust me, but I didn't have a job. Um, uh-huh. I had, uh, yeah, no income other than the loan dispersals. I had zero money to put down on the car. Um, wow. Yeah, but they were willing to do it. I will say, though, the car is not like a top-of-the-line car. I mean, uh-huh. $14,000 for a brand-new car is not in the grand scheme of new cars, sure. that's, on, that's on the low side. Sure. Um, but yeah, still, it's kind of crazy. But it's a funny idea that, like, they were willing to lend to you even though you didn't have money to put down and you didn't have a job to back up the notion that you would pay it back. Yeah. But then you did have good credit. So that's another kind of funny disconnect between mm-hmm. having good credit, but then that doesn't necessarily mean that you're in a great financial position to be able to make these payments. Totally, yeah. That's fascinating. I think... Um, both of those disconnects that we just talked about, one about being responsible for expenses but not income and kind of large amounts of money that are appearing but then hard for you to comprehend, as well as um, having good credit but then not necessarily being in a great position to pay stuff back. Both of those disconnects, I think, are something that happens frequently in situations with debt, not just for you but other folks too, where when we take on debt, we receive either cash or things that are worth large amounts of money um, in a way that kind of feels a little magical um, and disconnects for us from like how much does it really cost to, to buy the thing um, as well as being told, oh yeah, you're, um, you're a good credit risk, you've got good credit and so we'll loan to you, but that not necessarily being connected to like, do you actually have money to pay for this right now or do you have money that we know for sure is going to be coming in in the next short term? Um, I think that happens a lot um, in all different kinds of loan situations. So when you were taking on this store card as well as the car loan, to you, did it feel like these were smart choices or they were bad choices? Or how were you thinking about it at the time? I think I thought about them as smart choices. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in both cases, I thought to myself, well, I'm going to take out these loans or this credit line, and then I'm going to work on paying them back. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. Mm. Banks really like it when you have a good... Um, payment history. Mm-hmm. So I thought they were really smart choices. And mm-hmm. especially because I was like, with the car, it was a new car. So then, you know, in my head, I was like, well, this is going to last me a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have it for a lot of years before it starts to kind of wear down. And maybe by then I'll have a job and da 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 da. So yeah, I thought in my head, they felt like smart choices. Mm-hmm. You felt like they were wise choices mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. And did you think of them as debt because i've so far i've heard you use the words loans and credit line and card but i haven't really heard you say that you thought of it as debt at the time you know looking back i'm not totally sure i I would say though that i probably didn't think about them as debt Mm. um especially because a car loan is a car loan like it's Uh uh-huh or sometimes a car payment. Yeah, it's not a debt. <laughs> mm, so tell me about that. What's that? It's not a debt. What does um, that mean? I don't know. I think when I think of like a quintessential debt, I think about like credit card debt, which in my head even feels different from like a store card. Oh, what's different which there? I think when I think of a credit card, it's like, oh, you can use it anywhere. But uh-huh. a store card is like you only can use it at one specific place. And so for, for some in some weird way, it's it's different, which I know makes zero sense. <laughs> what do you mean by you know it makes no zero sense? Because um, when I say it out loud, I, I laugh a little bit because I'm. I think now I know in my head there it, it's all kind of debt. Uh-huh. I think the way it's being marketed to us 
is oh I think that's the, the tricky part about it because mm. we're not really told that it is debt mm. um, it's kind of wrapped in a way that makes it look a little nicer and if it were called debt then it wouldn't look so nice I think it wouldn't because debt has this like negative connotation oh I see right like oh you have debt that must be bad that's, yeah that uh-huh. doesn't sound as nice as like oh I yeah see. I'm just paying on my car mm, okay no that makes sense I think that I mean we'll get into this as we go through the season but language really does matter and um, it shapes how we perceive things and how we think about stuff so the difference between like a store card versus a credit card versus a debt, even though all of those could be labels to to label the gap card that you got, um, how you think about it and how you were talking about it to yourself, it did color if you thought it was like fine or prettier or like, oh, that's not a good idea. Um, so let's talk about how much you owed at the time. Like, let's say by your senior year of college or junior year of college, did you know how much you owed? I would say, on. I mean, I could look at my Gap store card balance and, and know how much I owed. Mm-hmm. I think I had a rough idea of how much I need, I owed on my car. Uh-huh. Um, for student loans, though, I had absolutely no idea. Well, well, by my senior year, I think I knew. But up until my senior year, I actually didn't know that there was, like, this online portal where I could go and look and see all of my loans that I had taken out and all of their balances. So I really had no concept of exactly how much – I owed until like the very end. So there was a place where it was being tracked Mm -hmm. online where like you could have seen, but you didn't know that it existed. And so then you didn't know how much you'd taken out. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So tell us about the first time you logged in there then. Um, It was definitely shocking. I think my roommates uh, at the time, they were talking about paying back student loans. And I was like, oh, I don't think I owe that much. Mm -hmm. Um, And then figured out that there was like a l- online portal and logged in and it, it was pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing it in the like 25,000 range. Yeah. It, it kind of dawned on me that there, I mean, it, it's a lot, it's a big number, right? Cause I was mm-hmm. like thinking, I mean, if I'm getting a couple thousand every semester times that by all the semesters I got it mm-hmm. and then it just feels like a huge sum. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, we talk about that sometimes as this experience of looking in the mirror, right? Um, you weren't actually tracking your debts, your school loans, um, which is a different way of saying that you weren't tracking your spending, right? You might have been tracking your spending on the level of like, did I pay my rent this month and how much did I spend on groceries? But you weren't tracking your spending on every time you took out a loan that actually was, you're setting up a really large expense for yourself. Um, And so when you finally logged into that portal, you got this moment of like looking yourself in the mirror, like, oh, this is what I've done. Um, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Earlier when we were talking about the language that we use around loans versus car payment versus store card versus debt, um, we talked a little bit about cars and, and credit cards or store cards, but we didn't really talk about the school loans. So, and that one is, I think, a little interesting to get into because maybe you could argue, right, with a store card, you didn't really need it, um, and you could have told yourself, you know, that's not that important, so let's not do that. Um, Same thing with the car, maybe you could have thought about other transportation options. Um, But with the school loans, um, I've heard you say a couple different times, talking about them as loans, um, and you didn't really talk about it as debt. Can you talk more about what was important to you about taking out those school loans? 
why was that important to you? Yeah, I think growing up, I always knew I wanted to go to school. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to get into the school that I did was like a huge accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Um, I also knew, right, like I said earlier, my parents weren't going to be able to contribute. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have any money saved up for school. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that I also did not want to work during school Mm -hmm. Um, because it was such a tough school I thought Mm -hmm. I should just focus on you know academics and not have to worry about um getting a job Mm -hmm. so for me taking out the loans it felt like the only option that I had and Mm -hmm. it they enabled me to do something that was so good Mm -hmm. right which is going to school and Mm -hmm. you know bettering my future self and all those kinds of things Mm -hmm. and so to think about the loan as debt like I, I do feel I even even now, I think I do still feel like the tension because it is such a good, mm-hmm. it, it enabled me to do something that was so good. Mm-hmm. That's one of the interesting things we'll get to talk about this season. Sometimes people choose to get into debt because of something for the future, right? And sometimes people are choosing it because there's something good there. In your particular case, you really valued this college education or university education Um, that your parents didn't get to have and that you had always dreamed of doing and that you saw that as an investment for your future. Um, But there's still this tension because you're making a financial choice to take on debt in order to do it. So sometimes it is hard to hold those two things in tension. Mm -hmm. Yes, college was a good choice for you. You learned a lot. You grew a lot. And the debt wasn't so awesome. Um, It's hard to sit with both of those because I think sometimes we want something to be all good or all bad. Um, But oftentimes in life, it's not that clear cut. Okay, so let's now talk about when you actually started paying back on the school loans. Yeah, so I would have started paying the school loans back six months after graduation. Um, And at the time, I was working for a nonprofit, so I wasn't making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so my plan on all of my debts, really, um, and all of my loans uh, was just to pay as little as possible. Mm -hmm. So with my school loan in particular, I changed my repayment plan. And I was doing this one called the income-based repayment plan. Mm -hmm. So they would look at your income and Mm -hmm. say, okay, you make this much. This is how much we think you can comfortably pay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on my gap card, I was paying the minimum, which was like $15 a month. (laughs) Uh Um, And then my car, also the minimum. Mm -hmm. Um, So it sounded like that was your mindset, to pay as little as possible on all of these debts or loans. Um, And what was your plan then? Well, in a way, it was like I didn't really have one, but in a way, I kind of did. I think my plan was to just pay as little as possible for as long as it took. Mm -hmm. I I didn't care that, you know, I was paying basically just the interest on my student loans, Mm -hmm. which basically means I would have just been paying school loans forever uh-huh. basically and the same thing for my gap card I, I was definitely out pa- my spending was outpacing what I was paying back and so mm-hmm. I think I could have just kept spending until I hit the limit so <laughs> you can see that my plan wasn't that great it was just to pay as little as possible um and I think part of it was I wasn't making a ton of money mm-hmm. and so in my head I thought yeah well maybe the better option or the better choice or what makes more sense is to just pay as little as possible on all my loans so I can have a bigger checking account. Because mm-hmm. I think to me, having the bigger checking account, like having cash liquid mm-hmm. was smarter. Mm-hmm. Why did that feel like the smarter choice for you at the time? I think it just felt safer. Mm-hmm. Like if anything were to happen, mm-hmm. I had some cash sitting aside. Mm, I see. As opposed yeah. to if you had been paying more quickly on the loans or cards, 
your checking account balance would be smaller. And if something happened, you wouldn't have that as your backup. Exactly. No, that yeah. makes sense. Um, so tell me a little bit more about um, the conversations that you might have had with your friends at the time about your relationship with these loans and debt or theirs. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think any of us necessarily like set out to just talk about debt, but like <laughs> you didn't it, sit down and do a podcast about debt when you no, were 22. Surprising. Yeah. Um, but I knew that most of my friends were in debt. Mm-hmm. Like some of my closest friends were, mm-hmm. they had to take out loans as well to pay mm-hmm. for school. So mm-hmm. it kind of felt just really normal. Mm-hmm. It, it felt, uh, it felt not normal if, if you weren't in debt, like if your parents paid for debt or paid for your schooling for you, that kind of felt like, oh, that's, that's different. That's, you don't hear about that that often. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just Mm kind of felt like every, it it was something everyone had to do Mm -hmm. really. So then I could imagine that like you didn't feel out of place at all. No. Or feel like anyone, any of your friends were like, why are you paying the minimums on stuff? That was just what you did. Yeah. That's just kind of what we all did. Uh (laughs) Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, I think that's another thing that is interesting about us doing this podcast as well as inviting folks into the conversation. Um, what does it mean when it becomes normal to have debt, that everybody has it and everyone has school loans, everyone has credit cards, everyone has mortgage, everyone, everyone, everyone. Um, does that make us, does that kind of take away the opportunity for us to pause and think, do I actually want this? Um, so I could see that that might have happened for you. There wasn't really any social reason for you to think, oh, hmm, maybe I don't really want to have this forever. So earlier you were talking about how you were planning to pay far into the future and that future felt really far away. Um, and also that you were kind of just willing to pay as long as it took. It sounds like you weren't really thinking about your future self so much. Yeah, I wasn't. So now that you are your future self, what do you wish that you would have known back then at age 18? I think I wish I would have understood the weight of the decision that I was making because I was so young. I mean, I was making a decision that was going to impact me for many years to come, and Mm -hmm. I don't think I fully understood that. So I wish I had known that back then. Mm -hmm. One of the things we talked about last season when Brendan was on our show, he was a high school senior about to enter college and thinking about student loans. Um, he was thinking about it in terms of the number of years it would take for him to pay those loans off doing a job that he might like or he might end up not wanting to do. Um, And it seemed like thinking about in terms of years as opposed to thinking of it in terms of a number of dollars was really helpful because all the numbers of dollars that was like beyond a thousand dollars or so just sounded really big to him. So 10 or 20 or 30 or $50,000 in loans just was all big. But if he could think of it as five years, then that he had some sense of what that would feel like and whether he was willing to do that. So I could see how that might've helped you at age 18 too. Definitely. Um, one of the other things that sounds like is connects with this idea of being able to look at our choice to take on debt, your choice to take on debt really clearly to look at it full in the face and see both the number of dollars as well as the trade-offs in kind of real life terms Um, time spent doing something that you may or may not want, um, how that hits up against other values that you have and the tensions that are there. Um, It sounds like that's another thing that you would have hoped for to get a sense of that, um, being able to look the consequences of the debt clearly straight on. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here with us and sharing this part of your story. We're looking forward to having you again next week. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
What a fun conversation with Carissa. One of the things that really stood out to me was how she took on her debt. School loans, car loans, store card, whatever you want to call it. She took on her debt without fully grasping the consequences. Now, it's not like she didn't understand that she'd have to pay it back in the future. She did. But that future felt so far away that it almost wasn't real, like she couldn't really see it. Now, this kind of thing happens often when it comes to debt, as well as any kind of long-term money choices we make, like savings goals or lifestyle spending habits. We get a bit disconnected from what those choices will mean for us in the future. And when we can't see and understand our money choices clearly, it's hard to truly budget with a why, to budget with purpose. At least in the case of Carissa's student loans, it's not like she wouldn't have taken them out. But if she'd had a clear sense of the trade-offs, like how long she'd have to work to pay them off, she might have been a bit more savvy about how she spent, and she might have started paying them back sooner. And that brings us to today's reflection question. What's something that you're spending, saving, or giving to that you might not be seeing so clearly, that you haven't necessarily looked full in the face? Maybe you need to think about the trade-offs you're making in your current budget or life in order to support that choice. Or perhaps you need to think about the trade-offs you're making in your future budget or life. For myself, I'm thinking about the mortgage that my husband and I have taken on. What kind of trade-offs have we made in our current budget to support that choice? Well, we're opting out of things like fancier vacations or even sending our kids to special classes or extracurricular activities that cost money. And then we can think then about whether that's a trade-off we're comfortable with. Now with debt, one way to get at the question of trade-offs we're making in our future budget or life is to look at the debt progress report on the Good Budget web app. So a tip for you, if you're not already tracking your debt with Good Budget, we'll leave a link in the show notes to help you get started. In the debt progress report in particular, you can see your projected payoff date. So in my case, we're tracking our mortgage, and I can see that our projected payoff date is 20 years from now. Now that's a long time. So I can imagine myself 20 years from now, 20 years older, or more helpful for me is to imagine my kids 20 years from now as young adults, even though right now they're young children. And then I can look back and think, what have I prioritized in my budget in my life over the last 20 years? Well, I've prioritized living in this particular location, neighborhood, the people that we're with. And then I can also think about, well, what dreams have I put on hold? Maybe one of the dreams that we've put on hold is saving more aggressively for college or retirement, or perhaps spending more time at home with our kids. And then we can then reflect on, are we comfortable with that? So now it's your turn. Let us know what you think. What's a money choice that you're making that you might not have looked fully in the face? And what did you think about when you looked at your debt progress report? Let us know on our website at goodbudget.com podcast. Next time, we'll get to hear from Carissa about the nasty surprise that woke her up to realize that her financial situation wasn't quite as comfortable as she had thought. Thanks for listening to The Good Budget Way. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe for new episodes every Monday and leave a review to help other folks find it too. And if Carissa is inspiring you to budget with a Y, get started on your budget with our debt-friendly tools at goodbudget.com. Or look for the Good Budget app on Google Play or the App Store. Happy budgeting!